Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Nigel Roberts, and it is my mission in life to leave my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023, and we have several cryptopians who are celebrities in my book who have birthdays today. We have Belinda Smith of Rancho Cat. Rancho Cucamonga that took me aback because that's my so she's a listener Uh, Belinda Smith of Rancho Cucamonga California happy birthday happy birthday to Paulette Jones Con Chocler Pennsylvania happy birthday to Justin A of New York New York happy birthday to Raphael Rosette of Virginia Beach Virginia Happy birthday to Janelle Crow from Brooklyn, New York. Happy birthday to Tammy Griffin from out Atlanta, Georgia. Happy birthday to Leo Gaines from Tom Boyle, Texas. And happy birthday to C. Johnson of Townsend, Maryland. And that's Tosin, Maryland. I'm batting 100 today. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to get a shout out for your birthday, because I am wishing everyone on this beautiful day, uh, a day full of love, peace, joy, happiness, and understanding. And if you'd like a birthday wish as well, please send me a text message to 424 317-7373 again 424-317-7373 so ladies and gentlemen as I stated yesterday our truth is really stranger than fiction and it is really so important for us to embrace the changes that are coming our way uh, for those of you that are not technologically savvy it is time for you to take a deep breath and kind of engage a little bit more because change is coming and um, I am just going to say this because I am looking at the geopolitical things that are happening over in West Africa and I know that I have shared with you all we have to learn about the macro Um, And it's really important to do that because the landscape is changing. And I'm going to tell you just how everything is intertwined with cryptocurrency because you don't even think about it when you hear about Niger and different things like that. And so I was going to and I am still going to report what's going on over there. But did you know that on the continent of Africa, there are more people utilizing cryptocurrency than in all the other countries combined. And so depending on how this this 
coup actually goes, depending on a lot of different factors on the continent of Africa, what we do know is that the digital revolution has begun on the continent. And being as they have the most individuals in the workforce between the ages of 18 and 35, Africa is a real attractive place for a lot of people, a lot of countries. And so as we continue to watch this unfold, I think it's important that you understand that no matter what transpires uh, between the countries, between United States, between uh, Africa, between Russia, China, all of those, there is a significant push for cryptocurrencies to be in place for self-sovereignty. And so it's pretty interesting to read how they're functioning. They haven't started talking about cryptocurrency as of yet uh, as to how to fund their country instead of the U.S. dollar because the U.S. dollar has been withheld. But ladies and gentlemen, we know it's coming. So my quote for the day comes from Margaret Thatcher. And I absolutely love this. It says, being powerful is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. And so that is just right up my alley because we have to always tell people we're powerful here in the United States and not just be that and they know it. And that's the problem that is coming up in our very near future we have to tell people that we are powerful instead of it just being so and that's going to really start to wear us thin here in the united states in the political realm when we come forward ladies and gentlemen we'll continue the conversation this is kbla talk 1580 you're listening to ahead of the crypto curve with Nigel roberts on kbla talk 1580 <laughs> All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So let's talk about the macro and that's Niger and what's actually going on over the last two weeks. And um, I'm just going to say any wind from any authoritarian quarter brings on all kinds of heebie-jeebies for policy people in Washington and Paris in this case. Well, I guess it's for most of the Western commentators, except for myself, because I'm going to tell it like it is. What I am wondering is why nobody is asking the question. And I always told you, ask questions. Ask why. Why is the United States or the continent's former bosses, I'll say it that way, uh, such, why do they have such tenuous relations with African countries in the first place. So let's just stick to Washington for now. The country's diplomats have actually been doing on the continent all this time what they have wanted and making this arrival of a new potential partner for an African state seems to be really disruptive and challenging. Now again, Cryptocurrency is being used all across the continent of Africa. Chinese 
individuals are all across the continent of Africa. And let me speak to that really quickly, too, because I did some research and I'm not saying that China China is going to come in and do right by Africa. I have no idea what their intentions are. But what we do know is that they are marrying a lot of the Africans, the African women. And that's because in China, they had a law that they could only have two children at one point. And most people chose to have boys because boys could actually uh, do the work in the fields and do some of the things that they needed to do. So they have a shortage on women. And what I found over the last year is that a lot of Chinese men are going in and and marrying African women. And they're having, of course, biracial children. There's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that nobody is talking about. But that's a very powerful thing uh, to allow China to come in, who is a partner with Russia, India, uh, South Africa, and, and just allow them to um, come in and become the, the new power and push back against the United States and all those other individuals who have been on the continent of Africa for the last centuries, really taking over and doing what they wanted to do. So the, uh, the, the, I mean, it's simple. This is all about power. It's about power. It's about who controls the resources, who they get on their team. And when I say they, who the politicians and the different people in the political sphere get on their team in Africa to allow them to continue to exploit the land, to pull resources and do all of those things. And so that's where we are when it relate when it as it relates to why China is there it, and is so deep in the country. They are really getting deep in the country. And at first, I felt like they were just doing it to take advantage of Africans, uh, such as the United States has done, such as uh, uh, Europe has done. I mean, there's just been countless numbers of, of times that they have really taken the resources and left the locals with nothing. And so this group of individuals, specifically China, and specifically Russia, as we look at these things coming coming into fruition, they're really starting to say and uh, that they, they've had enough and they're ready for a change. And so looking for these new public-private partnerships has been difficult at best. And um, as we look at uh, Washington, who has mostly... Um, for decades, just being in Africa, again, doing what they want to do, switching around policy slogans every few years, according to the tides of fashion, but mostly sticking to two messages for Africans. And those, those two messages for Africans have been exactly this. Don't look to us for any kind of checkbook help in terms of vitalizing your economies. We wish you well as you pursue something called public-private partnerships, which usually means very little uh, of, the form, of the former and not so much from the latter. Either 
um, what they want them to do is to find private businesses or get involved in the oil and gas. And so uh, United States is pretty much not stepped to those countries in Africa to assist. And all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, well, they take the resources, but they don't give back. And all of a sudden, recently, we've started to see an influx of individuals with a couple of bucks really coming in uh, to say to Africans, hey, you've been putting up with Europe, you've been putting up with the Dutch, you've been putting up with the United States, and you don't have to do that because these are your resources. And it's giving them a little bit more confidence, in my opinion, to start to kick some of the colonizers out of Africa. And so um, it's a well, well past time revolution that is beginning to happen across the continent. And not that it's all going to work at once. It's going to take some time to get some of these folks out of their communities. But they're going to have to for for the empowerment and, you know, and the sustainability of the African continent. And so I'm glad to see a lot of these things happening. But let's just get into here. Let's talk really quickly about... Um, this war on terror, right, that the United States is so interested in. As the Wall Street Journal's piece shows, this has actually proved a little of help with African democracies when they come under internal attack. And so we've been looking at all of these different things playing out. We don't really know what they mean at the end of the day, but it means that the continent that has the most people in the workforce, somebody wants to control that continent. And because there's so many states on that continent, they've got to work with the presidents and the powers that be that get elected to really take over through them. And I believe that they're just trying to do that one country at a time. And so uh, that's where we've been thus far. So let's look at the threat side of this equation for a moment. As China dramatically expanded its fluence in Africa, beginning in about the 1990s, that's when I remember uh, seeing a lot of uh, Chinese nationalists involved in the real estate landscape and business landscape, especially accelerating in the early um, 2000s did this really come at Washington's expense so many handwritings are on the wall that very few are African states that would not welcome uh, much more of the US and so there were very few African states that would not welcome the United States or Western investments today However, thriving, um, however thriving China ties are, they literally have been just really able to get in there and show Africans that they've got their back in some ways. And again, I'm leery about that. But again, China, 
does a lot of cryptocurrency. So does uh, Africa. And so I think them being able to trade for goods and services is a fit that we are not paying attention to, especially with the fact that they're going to have women and children that are biracial that are from China. And again, China was one of the countries that got rid of the Bitcoin mining, but they couldn't get rid of the exchanges. And so people just started taking their money and moving all over the country and doing rather well. But let's just get to uh, why China ties are really important. Um, it, it just really helps political relations between that other group become very, very strong. So long as they're respectful, they're going to continue to grow together and they're going to grow in a unbreakable bond. In my opinion, it's going to be such uh, that nobody will be able to touch what China is actually doing. Now, I know we got our own things going on, our own um, nonprofits and We've got our own businesses uh, that we can do here in the United States. But I am telling you, just because we're talking about Africa, that if you are looking to be in the Bitcoin space, there has been, I don't know, I'm going to say 50 calls to us over the last year or so about us bringing businesses, Bitcoin businesses, over into Africa, over onto the continent, um, and sharing with us that there's just an opportunity to really gel and collaborate with those individuals that are boots on the ground that have a strong tie with Africa. But it hasn't happened much I've, I've continued to see individuals that I know, and I'm talking about the region of Ghana because Kenya may be doing a little bit more, but I'm talking about uh, Ghana specifically and just what that looks like because there has been a, a real influx of uh, business that has been taken from the United States that I found out, even in this region of Niger. Uh, they're kicking back some of the uh, the stipends that were being given to them saying, hey, we don't need it. We can just keep our own resources and we can make this thing happen. So what happens is this makes all this talk about Russians gains uh, a bit more broad in Africa. It sounds like Moscow or Wagner could conceivably take over operational control of some of Washington's business that they're doing there in uh, and on the continent of Africa, starting with Washington's drone base, which is very important and generally sparse uh, in this region of Africa. Now, why is that important that they would be taking over uh, the drones? The drones are surveillance. The drones are doing a whole. Well, I believe that these drone, these drones can actually shoot each other down, but it um it really makes for surveillance of what's going on in Africa easy when they're utilizing these drones. But they're looking at replacing them with the ones from from Moscow, and so. Uh, 
Washington's drone base is very poor at this time and generally sparsely uh, scattered around the region. And so even the possibility to win some of the mining business there in Africa is important and critical too. So we're not just talking about digital currencies. We're talking about um, uh, the digital. We're not just talking about digital currencies. We're talking about mining, which is mining for those hard assets we talked about, right? Gold and things of that sort. And so um, a lot of this stuff hasn't really happened uh, or wasn't really being talked about that much until this actual coup actually started because everybody is bucking back to see what everybody else is holding to see who's the most important and then a lot of desperate African countries would like to get on board with the long-term fortunes of Russians and so we are going to be paying attention very closely to what's happening in this market because the United States is fighting for power, Russia is fighting for power, Africa is fighting for power, and this is going to be very, very interesting. Africans actually participate in a lot of the head of state level um, practices and are significantly lower than the first uh, group of individuals that came together to work with the United States in in Africa and around Africa in 2019. It was really a low uh, turnout by U.S. African Summit last year in December. And so we're going to see what actually happens by the end of this year. But remember, people hold money for good services. So if they're not Even though they have their own resources, what we find out is people take the resources and sell them back to the people in Africa. In fact, I'm going to say this really quickly about some diamonds. Uh, I was watching a documentary where they were still in the diamonds or they were cutting off hands and arms and things of that sort. So people couldn't get a hold of the diamonds. And then they um, they got them. Then they resold them to a lot of the people in different parts of Africa that were getting married and different things like that. And it just really was baffling to me how the African people were allowing themselves to be taking taken advantage of in so many different ways. And this all leads back to where we are today. What are we going to do about um, what are not we what are they going to do about the United States weaponizing their dollar which means pulling their dollar for them or this war or these threats or all the other things that are going on in Niger are they going to fold are they going to pick up and start using cryptocurrency and do exactly what Russia did because Russia's their teaching when we come forward After news, sports, and traffic, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Listen, as persistent as I am being about this, the pattern of assessment can only continue if you start to open your eyes 
and think in long term and ask yourself bigger questions because we can't ask we can't ask the United States. We can't ask Europe, but we can actually ask ourselves why. For starters, what is the reason why Africa matters so much to Washington or Europe for that matter? And why is it that they haven't built a more solid relationship with these countries on this continent by now? In most African countries, for seven decades of independence and nominal sovereignty, it is time for them to get their sovereignty from different individuals as well. And ladies and gentlemen, as I have been talking to you about having and holding Bitcoin and being sovereign, building a legacy of wealth for your family, Africa is starting to wake up as well. And they are starting to see, first of all, they don't have to grow and have their own food for sovereignty because they have it. But it's big, those resources are being taken and a lot of other things are being taken. And I think people are saying time out. And this whole thing from what I'm reading and paying attention to is countries, as I've always stated, coming to the bigger light and saying, you know what, enough is enough. And I'm hoping that they have the wherewithal to continue to do what they need to do to become a sovereign country. A, co a sovereign state, a sovereign uh, continent for that matter. And so we'll just keep our eyes on Africa and we're going to keep our eyes on the United States and what they do and what Russia does as it relates to this thing happening in Niger. Because it does matter, ladies and gentlemen. You don't think it matters because you're not in Africa. I get it. But at the bottom line is taxpayers have to pay for the wars and the things that happen and they're definitely going to eventually pay uh when the work workforce workforce here dwindles and they've got to look to continents like africa uh to really step up and be the individuals that they need to be without uh taking them back into uh, and they're still by right slaves there in Africa, but trying not to enslave the whole continent or countries or states or things of that sort. And so it's a lot to watch. And as they continue to use cryptocurrencies, we are going to continue to see how strong they feel, how committed they are, and really how brave they can be because they have sovereign money. And I think that's what a lot of this is about. And they're not talking about any type of cryptocurrency in any of these news articles. And to, and to a lot of people, it doesn't matter. But for those of us that are watching sovereignty and we know how sovereignty is ushered in, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into the price of Bitcoin, which has jumped. And I uh, got a text message a little earlier from a cousin of mine that said, I thought it was going to take a month for Bitcoin to go up. And when I was trying to buy some more, but it looks like it did a big push. And as I look at the charts right now, uh, they absolutely have. So Bitcoin is 
trading right now for $29,962. It's up in the last hour, 0.43%. In the last 24 hours, it's up 2.8%. In the last seven days, it's up 2.6%. And then as I scroll down and I scroll more and I scroll more, I am seeing a lot of green across the board in the cryptocurrency space, including Ethereum. Ethereum is trading at 1,862. It is up in the last hour, 0.16%. In the last 24 hours, 2.4%. It is up. And in the last seven days, it's up 0.75%. Now, this is really interesting um, some of the cryptocurrencies that everybody has been touting that are really making them a whole heap of money uh, are actually down. And so I'm looking at what those prices are in the last 24, uh, last seven days, not even 24 hours in the last seven days. And so I'm seeing red across those. So while they're green in the last hour, in the last 24 hours, they're absolutely red in the last seven days. One of them being down 8.46%. And that's the one that was supposed to go to, uh, I don't know, the same price as Bitcoin, they were saying. But anyways, uh, and a couple of other ones, none of them are under uh None of them are under 1% in, in, in decrease. They're over, uh, a lot over. In some ways, some of them are 9 points, 9% down. Uh, I don't see any that are 10. I'm seeing 982s, but they are pretty substantial for, um, for today, especially when Bitcoin is up. And so I am hoping, again, that everybody is really paying attention doing their due diligence before they invest and making sure they are in the right place at the right time, being involved with the right currency in the digital cryptocurrency space. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, definitely jump into a couple things that are happening. And I know that uh, Ripple it is being said that Ripple is going to jump to zero. Now, I usually don't read price predictions, but this is one that is interesting. And I think that you all need to know um, about Ripple going to zero because XRP's price plummets 12% behind that, while XRP actually raises $1.1 million dollars. How is this possible and what's the potential? Well, I'm just going to say this really quickly. While the landmark ruling of the Ripple versus SEC case has sent waves through the cryptocurrency market, XRP's price action has faced a disappointing bleed out. And I told you all that that was going to happen. High expectations for XRP breaking a dollar seem to be actually crushed as XRP's downside slide enters its 21st day. This is the 21st day that it is sliding. And so this downward momentum has left XRP trading relatively low. And right now um, it's at 61 point. Well, it's 61 cent and um, 
we're going to see what happens with this, ladies and gentlemen. I think people were finally to understand what's happening with Ripple and XRP as opposed to just hearing what's happening and thinking that they need to invest. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. It's KBLA Talk 1580. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. All right. I think one of the biggest things that we need to talk about today in the cryptocurrency space is the fact that PayPal launched their dollar back stable coin boosting their shares now again ladies and gentlemen the payment giant paypal said on monday that they have launched their u.s dollar stable coin becoming the first major financial technology firm to embrace digital currencies for payments and transfers so you know everybody wants to be the first and so we will see what happens. And this is another indication for those of you who have family members who say that this digital revolution is not going to happen. Everybody and their mother right now is trying to figure out how to get involved in this space. And PayPal is the first financial technology firm to actually embrace this digital currency. And they're going to make payments and transfers. But they have their own coin. And they want people to probably invest in their own coin. Now, I can't stand PayPal <laughs> for more reasons than one. Uh, but what I did find out as a ex-financial advisor on purpose is that PayPal does some discriminating as well against small businesses that don't necessarily have or have not had a track record of resources and what they do is they hold monies for indefinite periods of time like ridiculous amounts of time like 30 days and how is someone in business going to be able to sustain themselves if paypal is holding on to their funds and doing whatever they want to do with it for 30 days and then giving it back to them and i'm talking about some substantial amounts like some $20,000 and $30,000 that PayPal has held from business owners, uh, not allowing them to have access to their money, citing the fact that they're new and that some of these activities may be fraudulent, which is, which is a lot. And so it puts people out of business. So I'm not super excited about PayPal having a digital currency. If that makes any type of sense to you, I am very skeptical about it. But August 7th, which was yesterday, they did that announcement. And when they did the announcement, it actually lifted their shares about 2.6%. And um, what they are talking to their clients about, because I went on their website, is really starting to learn about the cryptocurrency space and what it's actually about, what the technology means. And again, I say to each and every one of you, like you've got to understand what you're doing. If you're doing Bitcoin, Bitcoin is not a stable coin. Uh, and it will never be a stable coin. 
because Bitcoin has its own protocol and these stable coins uh, and these companies, these centralizers that have come up with these cryptocurrencies and these platforms definitely can take advantage of the technology and really run things however they want to but they can't do that with bitcoin because it's not does not allow for that but all of these cryptocurrencies that are being created all of these companies that are behind them all the people that are behind them you absolutely better understand that they're not doing anything in the best interest of their clients but rather the best interest of their of their companies and so uh, as we look at PayPal, they are the world's lar- largest stable coin uh, holders. And one and that was and they were holding some uh, tether. They were definitely holding tether and uh, USD coin. But tether is the largest. USD coin is the second one. And so uh, they're hoping that their new stable coin will trump those three and make sure that they are the leading cryptocurrency in the stablecoin space. So prior attempts by major mainstream mainstream companies uh, to launch stablecoins have actually met a lot of fierce opposition from financial regulators and policymakers. Meta, I don't know if you all remember that back then, Facebook in 2019, they were going to launch this stablecoin Libra and actually they were foiled after regulators raised fears that it could possibly upset the global financial stability. And so that's what all of this is about, maintaining their financial global stability. And what we're talking about is self-sovereignty for our communities, for our houses, for ourselves. A stream of major economies from Britain to Europe um, have laid out these rules to govern stable coins and the EU's policy will continue into forcing uh, this, this new digital economy for June of 2024. And I, I think the trajectory of June 2024 for a lot of these companies is centered around the having. They want to know what's going to happen when the production of Bitcoin gets turned into uh, a half come uh, next year. It's going to be very difficult for people to get their hands on Bitcoin. And I still intend to be boots on the ground helping that to transpire. But we got to know that there are other individuals that are centralized that are coming for these numbers for this program that we have and the stability and really just um just stay focused ladies and gentlemen on the right thing do not look at the distractions we got to look at the distractions i have to say that but don't feed into the distractions you need to know what the distractions are so that you can tell your friends and family because it's really important that we start to really share with our friends and family what is going on so they'll be in a better position. That's the, that's the bottom line is being in a better position. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580.
Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I'm just going to say this really quickly as we uh, conclude for the day. This uh, PayPal thing, I'm just going to say being backed by the U.S. dollar deposits, which is very, very interesting. It's dubbed PayPal's USD and it's backed by the U.S. dollar deposits and short term. Remember, we've been talking about this U.S. treasuries. Typically, U.S. treasuries have been very faithful to give great returns and they're going to uh, base these cryptocurrencies on the U.S. treasuries and the U.S. dollar deposits and will be issued by Paxos Trust Company, which will gradually be available to PayPal customers in the United States. And you'll be able to redeem the tokens for U.S. dollars anytime. Or you can also be, um, they can also be used to buy the other cryptocurrencies PayPal offers on the platform, including Bitcoin. And of course, we've always stayed really strong in saying uh, being involved with PayPal is not a good idea because they're holding on a little more than you think. And um, we are we want to make sure that we are owning our own Bitcoin and not PayPal owning our Bitcoin because that's what this is going to be. You're going to get this stable coin thinking it's backed by the dollar. Then you're going to wind up having to trade it in for Bitcoin. And then the platform is going to hold on to your Bitcoin and not let it go. It's just a whole revolving circle. I'm just telling you. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.